1: The game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. And now the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, six thirty. Chair. Here's McDavid on the right wing. Now into the Blues' and through the
2: middle. He lost it. Dry
1: sidle to McDavid. To dry sidle the save. situation
0: room in Toronto has initiated a challenge to review the play for offside prior to the goal. Offside. After reviewing the play, it was determined the play was offside. There is no goal.
3: Well, the Edmonton Oilers and the fans inside Rogers Place briefly celebrated a victory tonight, but instead it's a shootout loss for the Oilers as the Blues take it 4-3. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown inside Studio 99 for Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Rob, a lot to talk about. A lot of odd sequences in this game, unusual penalties. We'll talk about that play in overtime, but quite frankly, I I think the Oilers blew it. They're up 3-1 with 924 left. Then first of all, you allow a quick response to St. Louis just 49 seconds later. As soon as that went in, I had a little uh uh-oh moment. And then the Oilers on the power play in the final 20 seconds of the third period, unable to run out the clock. Darnell Nurse gives the puck away, and Tarasenko finishes. Then the oilers power play continues into overtime and that's another failure not to score there and, and the blues win it
4: well it, it goes back and you talked about it uh, the response by st louis they go down 3-1 so the Oilers have a 3-1 lead home ice their goaltender is having an outstanding hockey game you should be able to bring that home but on the the 3-2 game i think it was robert thomas's goal look how much time and space he has it, it's in the Oilers' zone uh Evan Bouchard is, is deep. He's got a player that he's watching down on the goal line, but he's deep. There's no one in the, in the slot. Connor McDavid comes in kind of late, but Robert Thomas, who is might be the most dynamic player, he and Kairou are the two most dynamic players on the St. Louis Blues, has all the time in the world and, and space, and he gets the puck and gets to decide where he's going to beat Skinner with. So you've got a two-goal lead. You don't give up that scoring chance. You just don't. And that gave the St. Louis Blues belief now if the the others go a minute and a half two minutes after they score their goal to go up 3-1 the belief really dies on St. Louis's bench because now it's like season's not going well another bad break why isn't why are things not going our way ever but they didn't have to have that go through their mind because before the 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 shift was over they'd already made pulled within one and now there's they're thinking okay let's get it to the last minute we can pull our goaltenders so to me that was the one that, that really stung the Oilers because it allowed the St. Louis Blues to be in the game. And it's one that is, it, it's just a simple play where it, the Oilers just didn't have the right coverage in their own zone and allowed a very good hockey player plenty of time to put the perfect shot past Skinner. Skinner has been outstanding. You just don't give up those chances when you have a two goalie. All right. And
3: then the Blues pull the goalie Buschnevitz trips Hyman with a minute two left. Mm-hmm. And the Oilers are going the power play. Now, we've seen this before. We usually see it you know, a couple times a season, four against the Oilers. The team with the lead gets a power play with yep. less than two minutes left. So you, you put two defensemen out yep. instead of 100%. four forwards. Yep. And then... Okay, do you play keep away? Do you run your normal power play? You are, know, are, have you practiced that okay, no, situation? No, that's a
4: good point, right there. That's something that, and I've, I was on power plays my whole career. I've never practiced that in a practice. And it's probably something that you should because there are chances. Nor, nor on the other side, if, I've never been on a, a team where the penalty kill actually practices, okay, we need, we need to get a goal here, so we're shorthanded. How do we do it? And there wasn't time for either team to discuss it. So they go out there. The, and it was a weird situation because they put cody cc on the ice who arguably is probably is their best defensive defenseman the the puck kind of got fumbled by him and when it did cody cc in a five on five game just throws the puck in deep but when he's throwing on the power play do you throw it in and give them the puck control of the puck and allow them to come out and it just was a kerfuffle in the neutral zone now it gets stepped back into edmonton zone and that's when problems happen darnell nurse who Uh, he had a rough game. Turns the puck over. Connor comes back. He gets control of the puck and gets completely taken off the puck by Kairou. So there's two mistakes by two of your best players. Darnell Nurse turns it over. Connor McDavid gets knocked off the puck. Kairou takes it. And then the third error, and this is the big one too, is Tarasenko, if there's one player that if you asked any fan that came to the game tonight, who plays for St. Louis, Tarasenko would be one that everyone would know because he's an electrifying player that scores big goals. So, He's in front of the net. Nobody's with him. Darnell Nurse, who gave the puck away, he comes diving out in front. But this is when you've got to have clog up the middle. You know what? If, if that Cairo wins the puck and he throws it back to the point, well, if you're in the middle, you can go out to him. But you can't come back to Tarasenko who's in the slot so uh, I'm I'm sure we're going to get some phone calls that are going to talk about the game that Nurse had and the play made at the end yes but he was not the only one that made a mistake that allowed Tarasenko to score the goal and that just was the beginning of the excitement for the remainder of the game so
3: the Oilers still had a power play 58 seconds carry over into overtime fun fact the second third and overtime periods all started with a team on the power play Plus, St. Louis took a power play 31, took a penalty 31 seconds into the game. Anyway, so we, we played the highlight. McDavid comes through, the puck kind of gets tapped around in the high slot, and mm-hmm. the Oilers get it. McDavid gets it in front. Drysled digs it off. Bennington just Bennington made a great scores. save. Yeah, and
4: then Drysled got the rebound. So, and then
3: now, first of all, just to clarify for everybody, there is no coaches' challenge in overtime.
4: They're not, they're not
3: allowed to. It, it has to be a league-initiated review. So there, the in the last minute of regulation and in overtime, any reviews are initiated by the situation room, the war room, whatever you want to call it. So now in that case, I wasn't positive it would be called back. If it was a coach, coach's challenge, different. But if yeah. it's close, they, they have to look at yep. it, to be fair. So the rule states, uh, I got it here, hang on. The rule states a player controlling the puck who shall cross the line ahead of the puck shall not be considered offside Provided he had possession and control of the puck Prior to his skates crossing the leading edge of the blue line and we've seen this if you're stick handling You can actually skate in backwards yep, on breakaway Or in any situation because yep. you're in control of the puck so what they ruled was was that McDavid did not have possession and control of the puck
4: yeah, and It's funny If there's a coach's challenge I'm not sure coach challenges. um, I don't think anyone in the stands, uh, we're watching upstairs and I'm like, oh my, why are the refs talking about this? I didn't see anything. And then you see the replay and McDavid comes across. He was in control of the puck. But as he was about to get the possession again, Ryan O'Reilly does a great play. He, he misses one way, so he th- swings his stick back the other way. So he's kind of throwing it behind him. And as McDavid was about to put his stick back on the puck, O'Reilly's stick hits McDavid's stick and knocks it away. So the puck never got to McDavid's stick. It kept rolling forward. And I believe the next person that actually touched the puck was uh, Pareko, the defenseman. So... I, I was shocked that it was, they went to the war room, but after watching the replay, I'm like, wow. And it, it's amazing that someone in Toronto is watching that close to be able to see that play. It was the right call.
3: So here it is again, Rob. So McDavid's over the line. So he touches the puck just by the offside dot. He's about to touch it again.
4: And he never touches I it again. I
3: don't think he touched it unless it grazed his skate, but they're not going to give it, possession on that. It. So if he would have been able to come across and then touch the puck again in a smooth motion... It's probably a good play, but you're right because O'Reilly disrupts his stick handle. They they rule he loses control. Yeah, yeah. It actually didn't touch he never, his never, skate. No, he never touched it. It, it again. rolled right
4: through to Frako, so that's why they. So called it, it, off. it was the right call. It was a weird call uh, that just went with an entirely weird night. And the St. It, it, it's funny. Before the game, you talked about what kind of team the St. Louis Blues are and where's their identity. And they've had an well, I'm off season. Still not season. sure. Still not sure. Play, but. But, uh, but uh, a game like this, you wonder if this could turn around a season. Because this is a game that they've lost. They, I mean, they lost because they're, short, they're short-handed at down a goal, so they lost. Then they lost again in overtime because the other team scored. And somehow they find a way to win a hockey game. So you wonder if that's going to bounce them as this goes on. I honestly pity the, the Anaheim Ducks because there are some very angry players on the others leaving. That uh, they, I bet you they wish they could go out and play another game right now. A weird game, but one that you and I should not be sitting here talking about how the Oilers lost this game. We should be talking about Skinner had a great game. The Oilers found a way you know, to win when they didn't scored. have their best stuff. So there were a lot of good things going on in this game, but they allowed the St. Louis Blues hung around, yep. the, and the the Oilers defensively did not have a great night. They just didn't. They gave up too many chances on Stuart Skinner, and eventually it cost them. All right, so the Oilers win uh, fourth, or pardon me, the Oilers
3: lose 4-3 in a shootout to the St. Louis Blues. I just had somebody send me a DM on Twitter about the uh, last time somebody was called for a, called a penalty for starting an illegal lineup. I feel like I've seen it before in all my years of watching hockey. It's rare. The, I, I emailed the league stats department about it, and they they said we don't keep track of specifically lineup penalties because it's just recorded as a bench minor so that so they so, send me a list of bench miners in the first minute of games
4: but it could be and, too many men the,
3: and plus the first whistle of the game could be longer than a minute yeah, that's true too. and then the opposing coach says hey they started the wrong lineup but so it could be too many men could be a coach throwing his gum on the ice and well, anger and getting a penalty you look
4: at the st louis blues tonight they come out with two points in a game where they had the wrong lineup got up were shorthanded because it gave up a goal they got two too many men on the ice penalties they had a chance to win the game or tie the game late when they pulled their goalie and they tripped the guy and went shorthanded they lost the game in overtime and at the end of the night they still got two points uh and uh, an incredibly weird weird game and it was funny too to watch the final half of the s- overtime half the fans were gone because when leon scored everyone got out of the arena to try and get to their cars quickly and didn't get back in time uh, a weird game a uh, strange game a game that the edmonton Oilers certainly should have come away with two points with a 3-1 lead late in the hockey game yeah it was
3: i i thought it might be a night where i thought both teams played okay uh... You know, certainly the Oilers had a decent first period. St. Louis had a good second period, but there there were mistakes. I mean, until if it would have ended two one or three one, you would have said, well, the Oilers you know didn't play great, but they capitalized off the Blues' mistakes a little bit better. And then and 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 they they got great goal and got great
4: goaltending. Yeah. And that's the problem is a, a night where Stuart Skinner was sensational for most of the night. We don't get to talk about it as much because of the way the game ended. And the Oilers, they, they had a power play for another minute after they gave up the shorthanded goal. They went on the power play to start overtime and were not, unable to capitalize. And it was funny, too, watching them put their four guys out on the power play, four forwards in OT to start the game. Uh, it was, and then, well, look at St. Louis. St. Louis had, Brian O'Reilly had a wide-open net in overtime. He beat Skinner. He's left alone again in front of him. it. beat Skinner has the whole wide-open net. And fumbled the puck. Like, he was behind Skinner. Puck on his stick, about an inch and a half from the goal line, and somehow didn't score a goal there. So many weird events in this hockey game. Highly entertaining, but as an Oilers fan, incredibly disappointing.
3: Yeah, and I'm seeing the uh, furor on social media, both the McCarr play last year and uh, and this play for McDavid. Ultimately, they both obey the, the-, the letter of the law. Yep. Now, is, is it... Uh, does it totally make sense? No, I mean especially the McCarr one doesn't make sense. Well, the to me McCarr because, one, he had McCarr, possession because the McCarr one had control. Yes. So if and if McDavid would have touched kept the, puck. the puck, all he had to alive. do was touch it.
4: Yeah. If if O'Reilly doesn't knock his stick, McDavid touches the puck, then everything is good. Uh, the McCarr one, I think, is dumb because it, he had possession. Just because he's stick Just like, because it
3: barely bare, came off yeah. his stick at the.
4: To me, that makes no sense. That that. The way that rule is written is not the way hockey players play. So that was a that's that was a was a right call, but a, a dumb a dumb rule. Yeah. All right, the Oilers lose 4 uh, 3 in
3: a shootout to the Blues. So their record now 17 13 and 1 on the season. You can get us on the hotline powered by Certain The pros choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling system. Certain Pro all the way, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. 63 We got post game reaction coming as well. This is Heartland Ford, overtime open line.
1: Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reid Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chair. It's taken away by Yanmar. Take his time.
5: Now we will give the puck to McDavid. He'll go towards the net and the poke check by Bennington. He got run into by McDavid.
4: And he'll blow the whistle as Bennington had... McDavid down on
6: the ice as those two
3: collided. All right, that is the crunch of the game for Cougar Payton Collision, our family helping your family for 40 years and counting. McDavid going to the net and colliding with Bennington, I think in the third period. Feels like it was about five hours ago. I'm pretty <laughs> sure it was in the the game. The game was about to end uh, at about 9.30, and then it didn't end until about 9.50 or so after the late tying goal and overtime, a review and overtime and a shootout. kyru in the shootout, by the way. Oh.
4: What you like about that shot is a lot of players, especially younger players, come in and they pick where they're going to shoot. They skate all the way in and then they just fire at that spot. Uh, but the goalie's reading it as well. Cairo comes in and there's a little fake, a little bit of a stutter with his stick on the puck and that freezes the goalie. And then once you froze the goalie, now you just have to hit your spot. Now, a lot of guys can't, but that Kairou is a very talented kid and a, and a great shot. Uh, but you also got to give credit to Bennington in this game, too. You know, the first goal is a little iffy, but there's the one shift where he stopped Nugent Hopkins off his skate, stops Yamamoto right afterwards, and then Nugent Hopkins with a yep. wide open net. It was an incredible and sequence. And that's
3: a minute and a half after they made it 3-2. So, so that could have, have extent- gone right back to a two-goal so lead for Edmonton.
4: right there, and then he stops Nugent Hopkins... McDavid and Dreisaitl in the shootout. So Bennington earned his keep tonight and got the uh, St. Louis Blues the extra point. 4-3, the Blues win in a
3: shootout. Let's go at the mic for Eclipse Restoration. Named one of Western Canada's best restoration contractors three years in a row. Call 780-250-HELP or visit Eclipse247.ca or there's head coach Jay Woodcroft.
0: Some frustration post game on that, that goal being called back. Jay, what did, what did you think about the, that decision?
7: Well, um, yeah, I mean, like we had the experience in the third round of the playoffs with, uh, with uh, you know, a similar type thing in game one, the end of the first period. Um, I haven't read the language yet, so I don't know uh, why uh, that decision was made in the way it was. Um, but, uh, you know, I saw... Connor have possession uh over over the blue line the puck uh the next time he touched it I thought he touched it first um but they might have a different angle I I I don't know I can't explain that I haven't read the language of uh the situation room in the end though uh, I don't believe we should even have been put in that situation I thought we uh we're careless with a puck with 30 seconds left in a game, and and that do usually doesn't happen for us, and it did tonight. And uh, we put ourselves in position to not win the game in overtime. So uh, that call is what that call is. It's it's beyond anybody um, anybody's uh, ability to challenge it or anything like that at that point. It is what it is, and you're at, you're at the mercy of whatever the decision is. Didn't go our way tonight.
0: Uh, Darnell was pretty hard on himself, felt he, you know, with that giveaway at the end there. There was one earlier in the game too. What, what are you seeing from Darnell in these situations? What do did, what did you think of those plays tonight, I
7: guess? Yeah, I think we win and lose as a team.
0: When uh, I would follow up on that, I think. It's, it's this is your minutes guy. He leads you in a bunch of categories. He plays the toughest minutes against the toughest people. Uh, but he says, he said tonight he's got to make a better play than that. Uh, How does it, what happens inside a team when a leader like that makes a mistake like
7: that? Yeah, I think we win and lose as a team and today we lost.
5: So Jay, when you you look at this game, you know, there's that goal, you had a 3-1 lead after the the Yamamoto goal, and really the last 10 minutes of the game, you guys have been pretty good at that lately, kind of putting games away, even up until Darnell's, Darnell's turnover, like the final 10 minutes, The flow kind of seemed to go their way. What did did you sense? Yeah,
7: No, I didn't see it like that, Jason. I thought we had, uh, we actually, Yamamoto, and uh, they had some good chances to actually make it 4-1 at that time. It didn't go our way. I thought it was actually a really uh, good hockey game. I thought there was lots of good. There's stuff that we got to clean up. I thought in the last 10 minutes, we got a huge goal. That was a huge goal for us. Um, you know, and then, um, they made a play on an entry that we normally, um, don't make uh, the error that we make there. And then, you know, with 30 seconds left in the game, um, you know, we make an error that we don't usually make. But as I said, we win and lose as a team and today we got one point. We didn't get two.
5: legal uh, line up to start the game. You, you get an early power play, and obviously you capitalize on it. Can it kind of take us through? To, they just have the wrong guy on the ice who wasn't on the score sheet, and then you guys see it, and you wait till the puck's dropped. Is that how it works?
7: Yeah, I think uh, those are honest mistakes. They happen, but if you're alert uh, on on the bench and you pay attention uh, to the numbers that were circled compared to who's standing on the blue liner, who starts the game, you know that stuff happens, and uh, it allowed us to get. Uh, on the board immediately I thought our first you know the first part of the I thought our first period was excellent I thought the first 10 minutes was excellent Um, you know we had numerous chances to score we didn't find uh, a second one in the first period but um, that power play allowed us to kind of get up and running speaking of your power play Jay was very good tonight two goals and then in the waiting moments of the third period when you're on the power play again is it just a different mindset maybe that you're not attacking like you normally would you're just almost trying
8: to run out the clock
7: well I think we had two defensemen on the ice and three forwards that we trust and we made a human error we made an error and uh, normally we don't make that error it ended up in the back of our net because they're a good team and uh, you know we got one point instead of two Jay used uh, you know darnell in overtime as well is that a, a case of you know he's a leader on this team you want to go back to him versus maybe a younger player where you might be inclined to maybe sit him down just because uh, Darnell is so important to this team yeah I think since I've been here the overtime record for the group has been pretty solid and that's a like a trio that we normally put together yeah you know, we thought we'd found the winner in overtime with that group. Didn't go in the way we wanted to, but um, yeah, that's how we played our overtime. Uh, Jay, just a first shootout of the season. It's late in the season
9: to kind of be in your first one. As much as you practice it, once kind of get into the real thing, it's a little bit
7: different. Yeah, yeah, I mean, their guy made a shot and we didn't score one on our three attempts. And uh, when you leave it to that point, it's it's the skills point that gets left on the table and uh, we left we left one point on the table today yep. yeah sorry. two
5: of goals really kind of you guys I don't know gifting is maybe the wrong word but errors that you that you probably think are unforced errors or preventable errors and and a lot of the games lately you've had long stretches and really sound defensively and then you make that one is it is that just a focus thing and are you confident you can get that out of your team because for long stretches the other team's not creating lots but then you kind of give them a really good quality chance
7: yeah as i said before i think there was a lot to like about our our game today and um you know we made some human errors in in moments and we were made to pay for those errors because they're a good team i think that happens throughout the course of a year um you want to eliminate them i think over this last stretch we've done a a pretty good job we put ourselves in position to win the game tonight but in the end it's a 60-minute game. It's not a 59-minute, 30-second game. Um, and we found uh, only one point because we we made a couple critical errors. Um, that said, that's, that's hockey. That's hockey. And, um, you know, as I said earlier, we win and lose as a team. It's, it's not on one person.
3: All right, that is Jay Woodcroft talking after the Oilers lose 4-3 in a shootout to the Blues kind of... Uh deflecting any criticism of Darnell Nurse after a couple of giveaways that led to goals. I mean, Broberg uh, a pass to no one as well that led to the second goal. We didn't talk about that as much and uh, expressing, and we'll, and we'll hear McDavid's post game as well. It sounded like he was quite upset about it uh, and Woodcroft expressing a little bit of confusion about the offside and overtime as well. Here's what the league put out. Video review determined that Edmonton's Connor McDavid preceded the puck into the offensive zone, which he did. His yep. feet went in over the puck. Yep without possession and control and therefore was in an offside position prior to least Leon Drysaddle's goal. Now, I've, I've seen the anger on Twitter. I've even been DMing with a couple people on Twitter, which, by the way, if I send you a direct message back on Twitter, you're damn lucky because I don't, I don't generally <laughs> converse with people on that platform. Um, so they have ruled that he didn't have possession and control. Rob and I believe it's because he was not the first player to touch the puck after it crossed the blue line. Yep somebody said out to be well control can be kind of nebulous it looked like he was he you know he still had the puck as he was going over the line I get that but that's that's why they ruled that yes that that is why they it says control and they possession both right.
4: things right so yes yeah I could say yeah he had control but he didn't have possession because he never touched the puck so you can't say he had possession yes you have to have it on both sides of the line yes I mean that's why it came with the Makara thing is they ruled he didn't have possession because his stick was a quarter of a quarter of an inch off it. So it, it, the rule, the way they call the rule is right. Now, whether you agree with the rule or not, that's a completely other thing. But I do believe this was the right call. But it's a call that I don't know if the St. Louis Blues, if you were allowed to challenge if they would have. I certainly didn't see it in real time. So I don't know if this wasn't a, something that came from the war room. If you were, if they had rules where coaches challenge in overtime, I'm not sure the St. Louis Blues challenged that because it looked, looked like Connor McDavid had, McDavid had possession and you had to watch it in slow motion to see that his stick never touched the puck again after he came across the, the blue line. The first person to touch it was Col- uh, Colton Pareco. Yeah,
3: it was kind of a weird play because it slid underneath the skates of both Big o- David and riley uh, O'Reilly, O'Reilly, yeah. oddly enough so. i mean
4: it was it was a a, a great it, it's like it, fortunate play by ryan o'reilly he's throwing his stick back and what he's trying to do is he got beat so now i'm throwing my stick back hoping he hits the puck is what he's trying to do right or hits the stick and knocks the puck out all he did was hit connor's stick and connor stick connor was just about to put this puck back on his stick and the stick got knocked a little bit by o'reilly and his stick never got to the puck
3: and it's, I, I understand the, the anger amongst Oilers fans, but it's, it's different than the McCarr play, which is a weird one as well. Uh, but yeah. on, on uh-huh. the McCarr play, it was another player who was over the blue line. Yes. And they said, well, when the puck went over the blue line, Makar wasn't touching it. And then in the meantime, the other player tagged up, though McCarr was clearly possessing and controlling yeah. the puck. But to me, that's, was, a, to me that's a dumb himself. rule.
4: That's a dumb rule. That one right, last because day. he was stick handling. Yes. Like, that was a dumb like, rule. You've seen
3: where the guys they'll lift their stick. Yes, but anyway, that's, we're not yes, gonna relive no. the, the playoff series. So but they're not they're not entirely compatible. They're not they're not exactly this the, the same play. It, it it is a weird play. That's that's why the league called it. So hopefully we're not telling you to to agree with it and you can think the rule can be changed, but but that's why they called it that way. All right, four three blues. In a shootout, whenever the Oilers score five or more in a game, we turn on the Japanese Village Goal Light on 630Ched.com. That allows you to print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We have Tony on the line. Tony, go ahead.
6: Um, you know what? We can be mad about the whole thing about with uh, the type thing, but you know what? With Toronto, I don't guarantee anything with them because they are so inconsistent that... Something that could be called one way can be called another way. It can be, you know, complain, complain, complain. Nothing's going to change the way Toronto looks at stuff. The one thing that really upsets me was in overtime. Connor has a stra—I think he had a straight breakaway against. I don't know who it was. He gets taken down.
4: Well, he didn't. He didn't have a breakaway. He was yeah, trying he was to go around. The right trying side. to go around Shen, and Shen pushed him with his stick, and Connor went into the boards.
6: But from the replay, play it looked like he was held on the way down, too. Am I mistaken or no?
4: I didn't see that. I did see Shen use his stick, and he he pushed him. He might have got the top of his pants, which when someone pushes down on the top of your pants, it's really hard to stand up. It pushes you down. That's what Shen looked like he did. I didn't see him holding him, him down, but I didn't watch the, the video because the puck after that was going back the other way.
3: All right, thanks, Tony. 7804960063. We also have
10: goalie Greg on the line. Double G, go ahead. <laughs> Hey, guys, how's it going? Good. So there's a lot of goals like that. I know people are talking about the Caleb McCarr one, but there's a Charlie McAvoy one. Uh, there's another one uh, that Chicago had like that. I don't remember exactly who it was, but that's nor here nor there. I mean, the other shouldn't have got to that position, um, you know. And, you know, I mean, sign me up for 9 mil. I can make those turnovers too, right? So, But uh, that being said, my question for you guys is, Um, I don't know, um, when Toronto, the war room, um, you know, reviews of play, is this one guy's decision uh, or opinion, for lack of better words, Because, or is it a group of people, like majority rules kind of thing, like five people vote the offside, no offside, goal interference, no goal interference? Because- I'll, have
3: to, I'll have to double check with John before the game on Saturday. There's more than one person in there. and the now-
10: opinions it's- differ, right? So that that's where a di- an opinion is an opinion, right? So, And I agree with Connor. Yeah, but you, they, know, you they're, gotta trying get to write, they're trying
3: to write the rules so there's as little opinion as possible. For example did a guy did the puck go over the glass yes or no well he shot it out he gets a penalty so but here's here's what every everybody has to remember we're talking about possession and control for the first time all season long the people who write the rule book know what it is and have already put together videos of it and 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 try to create precedent for it Mm -hmm. so they're not caught off guard in positions like this and
4: here's another question i'd like to ask john in case i'm not here at the game in time to talk to john do the linesmen, they're they're listening do they not make the decision though because the linesman because the war room said hey we want to take a look at this and then the linesmen go into the the penalty box and they look at the ipad isn't it the linesmen that make the final decision because that's when a coach is challenged that's what happens
3: oh they all get they look on the uh, on the
4: little ipads but
3: i think they're talking to the they're talking to
4: them but the the linesman would have say in it as well so it's not just one guy in toronto that pushes a button says hey don't count it it's not a goal there's a lot more people involved but I would imagine the linesmen have a big say in it too as they're rewatching to see what had happened as well so it's to me as after watching it and seeing it I'm like oh, okay I understand what the what the war room's saying and I can see why they disallowed it
3: all right let's go back down to the Oilers dressing room here's uh, the guy who was ruled offside on that play Connor McDavid uh,
9: decision when it looked like you guys said um uh, a little bit, I think so. Um, you know, we kind of get burned on a call in the playoffs over a, a similar type of situation. You know, you don't know if it's offside or onside, but, you know, the league's got to clarify some of these rules. Um, you know, what's a kick, what's offside, what's goal interference. Um, kind of depends on the night, I guess. So uh, disappointing, obviously. Obviously, we should never even let it get to that point. So um, disappointing. Did you feel like you were in control, even though you preceded the puck? Is that what you're us? Uh, I mean, since I was a kid, I thought, you know, if you have possession of the puck, it's, it's onside. If I have possession or not, I guess that's, uh, that's the judgment call, so uh, either way, I think players just want um, some clarity on some of these rules. You know, we've been burned on a few kicks and stuff like that, and obviously Calgary had the situation last year in the playoffs, so you know, it kind of goes back a long way, um, not understanding some of the rules of our own game. It's, uh, it's kind of funny, I guess.
0: I mean, disappointing to let it slide away when you guys had the feed And They just kind of, I'm not sure if something changed in your game or they just a push from them. What did you sense?
9: Yeah, obviously we can't let it get to that point. Um, up, up by two with 10 minutes left and then a power play with a minute left. So, um, should never even been in that situation.
3: Well, I, I agree with them that they could clarify some things with some of the other rules. <laughs> r- a kick, A kick for sure. Like, I just think it, they should say if the puck goes in off a skate in the crease, it's no goal. Anywhere else, it's fine. And that's what it is in WHL. Like, Mooder was telling me a few years ago Trey Fix Wolanski kicked the puck in from the faceoff dot, and it counted. Seriously? Yes. But uh, here's, here's the thing if I'm going to nitpick a player shall not be considered offside provided he had possession and control of the puck prior to his skates crossing the leading edge of the blue line which technically he did it doesn't say it doesn't say you have to maintain possession yet it doesn't say you have to be the first player to touch it or stick handle it once it's over the zone so if you're controlling the puck when your skates cross the line which he appeared to be right
4: so skates So that's when the puck's so, on the outside of the blue so, line.
3: So yeah, but if so, if your skates go over first, yeah. you have control of the puck. Which is when on. that happens. There's then you're saying it's onside. But.
4: Yeah, but then, yeah, I don't know about that because the puck still hasn't gotten into the blue line yet. no, It's a very strange play. It's a very strange play. It's very strange, and and we don't talk about it very often. I do agree with when Connor said, I mean, you and I are upstairs and we'll watch replays and we'll say, okay, this is 100% goal, and then it's announced no goal or vice versa. The Calgary, and Connor was the one that talked about the Calgary Flame one last year, when the Flames got their goal disallowed, I still think that was a goal. So they're... I, yeah, I, there's a lot that go, that happen during the season that you watch and you're like, I don't understand how they see that the way that they see that. I, I still
3: think if he would have been the first player to touch the puck, oh, I agree, then over it would have been possession. Line, yes, they probably would have counted it. But let's just watch this again here. This is fun.
4: No, yeah, no, but he doesn't. It's
3: so, yeah. See when the skate when his skates cross the blue line. So there, so we're watching a play. His skates are over the blue line. The puck is not on his stick, no. but he's tapping it ahead, in the process of stick handling it. Then, but he
4: doesn't touch the puck again. Right, at all. but the rule says
3: if he has possession and control when his stick crosses. But, he, but cross. does he
4: have possession and control? He, he pushed the puck. Well, he's again, not touching it. Oh, okay, so that's again, the thing.
3: so that's the thing. So then, so then it's the McCarr situation. If you're not touching the puck, you're not in possession of it.
4: Yeah. So the so, so, here, so, so he's then, not. In possession. So then
3: maybe that's why they ruled it that way. Because the McCarr thing, they said, you could have said that
4: no, one was dumped
3: but did not control. It. Well, no, that he was, was just he was, dumb because he, he had handling.
4: full possession and full control. He was yeah. stick handling. That nope. is, that's why that's dumb. He didn't lift his stick up. He was in mid-stick handle. So I don't understand that. Yeah. Still don't. But, but that's the weird thing is that control of the puck... It's,
3: it's not like in, in football. If you're carrying the football, you are carrying the football. You are touching it the entire time. In hockey, stick handling involves well, dozens of little movements kay. of taking your stick off Here's the Here's a puck. great
4: example. Leon Dreisettle picks the puck up in his own zone, and he starts carrying it down the ice. His, the puck's not on his stick for three quarters of the time, because most players pick up speed by pushing the puck ahead. Right. So he's in control. Is that possession, though? i mean leon will tell you he's in control and possession because he's got it five three feet in front of yeah, him he knows like exactly it. where it's going to be and as soon as someone comes he's going to make a move but he still believes he's in control and possession i mean when i skate with my kids stuff like that when i skate down the ice the puck rarely is on my stick because when it's on your stick there's a bigger chance of you're going to make a mistake so you push it a few feet ahead of you you're always in control and possession or i believe i am leon doesn't obviously connor does there too so uh I, I do agree with the the statement by Connor that there's, there should be more clarity on a lot of rules. And there isn't because you and I have been watching these, doing these games for years. And we should, when we see a replay, we should be able to say with 100% certainty which way it's going because the rule says black or white, it's this. But we don't. I don't know if we'll ever achieve that, though. Oh, I, mean, I don't think we will that's either. The, that's, the, that's
3: the beauty of sports, I think, is oh. that... There's, there's always going to be, I, I believe there will always be ambiguous calls.
4: Yep, there will. Always. Well, I still, I go back to the thing. Any rule, you get to rewatch the, you get 30 seconds of a replay for the linesman or the ref to watch again in full time. And you can, if you can disallow or allow, whatever, but you've got to watch it in full time because if we have to stop it and go really, 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 really slow, well, that's not what real life is. That's not what real hockey is, and that takes too much away, and too many goals are taken off the board because we have this ability to instant replay and put it on to pause forward, pause, forward, pause, forward. Till right. eventually you find the mistake. Alright, anyway,
3: Blues win four three in a shootout. A tough night for Darnell and they serious.
11: I mean, we shouldn't be in that position. Uh I, mean, I turn the puck over there with eighteen seconds left or twenty seconds left. Like uh, it's, that's unacceptable on my part and let my teammates down tonight. So shouldn't be in the position to, to be an O T like that. Um play too many important minutes in situations like that to be making plays like that and that's on me.
0: Tide kind of shifted there down there, Darnell. You guys had a lead. Was it was it something that they just maybe start pushing a little bit? Did you guys let up? And it was more than just the one goal that you, that you just talked about?
11: Oh, I mean, like I said, we had the lead with a power play with 18 seconds left. And no, one minute left in the game, so that's not on anyone else. It's on me.
5: When you say that's on you, Darnell, what, what did you see on that play? What would you do different the next time?
11: Uh, I mean, that's kind of a bad question. Uh, I, I wouldn't turn the puck over. Uh, simple as that. Like, would you just go up the wall? Then you mean? Or? I don't know. I'll watch the play over again, but that's just unacceptable on my part. When you see a guy like Tirasenko pull that puck out of the air, uh, NHL players are so good at that. All of you guys have such good hand-eye coordination. Do you, like, looking back, does this surprise you that a guy pulls that puck out of the air and does something with it, Darnell? I mean, you think you do it hard enough, but that, there's no excuse in that situation. There's there's enough ways out of it.
4: Well. Good on Darnell Nurse. Uh, that's what leaders do. They stand up and hold themselves accountable. Uh, Darnell did not have a good game. And I know there's one question asked if he should have been put out in overtime. Absolutely, 100% he's put out in overtime. He made a mistake. Uh, mistakes give the guy a chance to make amends. He So he stood up, told, said it's my fault, i got to be better, I will be better. And I imagine that the next game he's going to have a much better hockey game against the Anaheim Ducks it was an off night but again this game isn't all on Darnell Nurse there were a lot of other big mistakes and big mistakes on the tying goal big mistakes on the 3-2 goal uh, that the others have to clean up and it wasn't all just him but the two biggest mistakes that you saw tonight they directly led to goals were both on the stick of Darnell Nurse for a time
3: we got a uh, winner of a fifty-dollar River Cree Resort and Casino gift card. It is Melinda who took the under. I put it at seven and a half combined points for uh, Hyman, Drysdale, McDavid. They got to three River Cree Resort and Casino excitement bet on it. All right, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We have Riley standing by. Hi, Riley. Go ahead.
11: Hey, guys. I know
1: uh, we've been beating kind of the Darnell Nurse horse to death. Um, but to me, it just seems like I know he's one of the leaders on the team, makes a ton of money in the first year of, uh, you know, a long deal here. And uh, I guess my question is, at what point do you maybe maybe sit him down for a game? I don't know if you put him in the press box or what. Well, I, don't, zero I
3: chance. don't think they'd sit There's him down zero for chance. a game. That's like. I
4: yeah. mean, Darnell, Darnell had a big game tonight. Darnell's had some very good games. He's he's their best defenseman. Whether you like how much he makes or not, he's their best defenseman.
1: Yeah, I, I do agree. I mean, maybe you let him play out of it sometimes, but it just seems like every other game he's making kind of glowing errors that are costing this team some points in the standings.
3: I, I would agree. Yeah. He's played. He's had 31-game stretches where he's he's played better. I, yeah. I, I, I don't deny that for I think sure. He's going to have to wear the scrutiny of the contract, but they're not going to...
4: He's not They're not the going to scratch
3: Darnell Nurse and put Ryan Murray in and have Murray, Broberg, and Kulak down the left side. No. No, I don't think that would happen. But no, it's, I mean, any criticism of his game is, is fair, especially tonight.
4: I think what, what we're seeing with Darnell is in his own zone, he's trying to make plays out of nothing. And I don't know if that's him feeling he needs to uh, because of being a number one defenseman, because of the contract, being a leader. Uh, but there are times when off the glass and out, hard around, fight live to fight another day but he, I, it's not just tonight there have been plays where he gets back he looks for a play either way he doesn't see anything and all of a sudden someone comes and takes it from him or now it's last minute he just kind of pushes it to a to an area and it gets picked off uh simplify i think if 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 i was coach for the day i would just tell him to simplify and uh he'll be fine but, yeah, it was, a, it was a rough night for him tonight, and there have been a few other ones this year as well.
3: Tyson Berry had three assists. He's the first star. Jordan Kyrou, dangerous player for the Blues. The second star, Connor McDavid, the third star. He almost pulled it out of the fire for the Oilers tonight. Goaltender Stuart Skinner is the fourth star for Jandell Holmes, Alberta's premier modular home retailer. But the Blues win 4-3 in a shootout. More of your phone calls when we get back to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line.
1: Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reid Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630
4: Chad. And it's Broberg inside the Edmonton end to the right side, but it's kept in by Cairo. He'll cut to the middle. He'll wait.
1: He'll shoot the save by Skinner, and he covers
3: it up. All right, that is Stuart Skinner's save of the game for Crystal Glass. Call 310 Glass or visit crystalglass.ca. Another pretty solid night for Skinner. Stops 29 out of 32. At the other end, Binnington stops 24 out of 27 in the shootout. Nugent Hopkins backhand wide. Binnington stopped McDavid and Drysaitel. Cairo scored on Skinner and Tarasenko was Did he shoot wide or no? I, it
4: honestly, I think Skinner got a piece he of it. Got a piece of it. I think out. he got just a tiny piece of it and pushed it wide.
3: All right. Oilers lose 4-3 in a shootout to the Blues. They blew it, basically. They were up 3-1 with nine minutes left. We wound up losing. Fill the net for James H. Brown. Injury lawyers, when accident happened, go to jameshbrown.com. 100 bucks to 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous for every Oilers goal, so $300 this evening. JP is on the line. It's not even Saturday night. JP, go ahead.
12: It'll be Saturday night soon, you guys. I'll tell you right now. And I can't wait. I have a family and close friend uh, event this Saturday. I'll be Santa. I'll hand out a few gifts and I will be right on the ride. But let's get down to the bus. For, well, first of all, hello, hello Ron. how are you
4: guys tonight? Yes, hello. Good, very good, very good. Well, have Merry to get
12: Christmas. I will uh, we'll chat uh, next Friday against Vancouver. I'll be at the game. I might come visit you guys oh, and get kicked yes, out by do. security again uh, like a couple of years ago. Remember, uh, I was sitting just behind my, my own business, and then I get kicked out by uh, four security. And, well, let's get on the brass back. If there is one player in this league who come uh, with this new rule, I'm confused. But you come over the blue line, if there's one guy who's not going to have control of the power, Connor Connor Medeva for sure. This guy doesn't have any skill when he come over the blue line. He has no clue about what he's going to do. Then he come out. This is a guy that has no clue about what they hell beyond his mind. He just flashes in like buzz lightning. He's in there. He's in. Ah, What do I do now? I'm clueless. I'm not a good player it's uh it's a joke this uh just uh whatever it's what it is but you guys i'm telling you right now this is a building block loss tonight tonight is a weird loss where the guy goes, what the hell were we doing we were in the club before the game eh? we were drinking before the game man eh, we need to be better we need to smarten up I'm not going. I've been all over North nurse all year. And tonight, this is a game. Again, a building block. I can't even talk. You guys, I've had to my dream. But nurse, I think, think, I'm thinking to myself. He's thinking, oh, man, I'm better than this. And this was finally the wake-up call. Like, what the hell am I doing? He is a Dr. Phil game tonight. He said, to him, <laughs> like, think about it. This is the <laughs> game where he goes, hey, oh, not. Quit thinking. But you look at the first goal, and that'll end this quick, new guy. He kept it calm. He kept the patient. He was looking, oh, yeah. It was a smart play. Normally, he would just give a crap little backhand pass. He stopped. And then he, he made a, a dumb play. Is coming together, you guys. I'm telling you tonight, this is a build-block game tonight. Christmas season's on the on the way. I can't wait to see you guys on the 23rd inside uh, Wingless. Grass. It's going to be great. Can't wait. God bless you all.
3: Yeah. The, okay, it's the Dr. Phil game. I actually wrote that down. That is good. JP calling it the JP's Dr. Phil game. JP's on fire again. That's incredible. Okay, JP at seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We also have. I, I, I know you called before, and I, I'm sorry I forgot. Is it a niche or a niche?
2: Hey, yeah. Hey, Reed and Rob, how are you guys? You guys, you got it this time, Rob. Thanks so much. Oh, Reed, sorry. Um, yeah, no. So you know, thinking about Darnell and the game he had uh, uh, tonight. I mean, it, it was probably just one of those games that okay, like, there's just maybe one too many plays he should have not made. Or maybe he's just overthinking the play. But if you're the coaching staff, what do you tell Darnell so that it doesn't start going into his head, okay, like the next time I'm on the ice, this will happen again? Like, how do you keep him, how do you keep him for, how do you keep him for being the past Darnell where he was making those plays, making those passes? And moving the puck around well, instead
4: of what happened tonight. Well, they'll talk to him. They'll show him video. As Darnell even talked about, it. he says I haven't seen the video yet. We'll go over it. So if I watch the video, see where he should have gone with the puck, what he shouldn't should have and shouldn't have done. Uh, I mean, Darnell's a confident player. That uh, he had a, a, an off an off night, and uh, quite an off night. And sometimes you make mistakes and you get away with it. But when you make the, the big mistake and it turns into goals, then all of a sudden everyone's talking about it. So he'll watch, he'll talk to his, the coaching staff, they'll figure it out, and I imagine he'll be much better in, in the next game. It's when it happens the next game or the game after, and then it keeps happening, that's when there's more conversations will be had. So I'm not worried for Darnell. I, I think Darnell, just the one thing that I, what I would like to see or you hope to see is simplicity. I think sometimes he gets in trouble when he tries to make a play that's not there. Just simplify his game, and if there's nothing there, just rim it, throw it off the glass, do something like that, and you'll find yourself out of trouble quickly.
3: That's our quick change for Jiffy Loop, keeping you moving to and from the game. Visit your local Jiffy Loop today, Oilers lose 4-3 in a shootout to the St. Louis Blues. We also have Dean on the Certainty Hotline. Hi Dean, go ahead. Okay, if I'm lying, it means I hate my mother.
2: However. I said in the second period, you know what? Woodcroft should really sit. Well, like Riley said, uh, maybe sit him down for a game, but he can't do that. What I said is that this was in the second period. I said, he's he's too nervous. He's he's fumbling the puck. He's giving it away. He's got all the time in the world. Let him sit down about three or four shifts, and he's going to cost a game. Sure enough, he costs a game. It's just like um, I think it was about – were they playing Minnesota a couple of games ago, or maybe a game before Minnesota, there was a there was a play. He had all there wasn't a wasn't a, a Minnesota guy around him for 20 feet. Puts it over the glass. I think it hit the camera or something. So it was uh, over the. That was
3: cluster. yeah. That was a while ago, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, it was about
2: two or three games ago. What what nine million dollar player would do that, right? I don't I don't know, there's something going on in his head that he's when when I whenever I see nurse he's got a lot of time to think about something, he does the wrong play. So I'm I'm just wondering if he's overthinking something like that. I I d I don't know. There's something about you know and and also I I don't begrudge a guy making big money, you know, like if he was worth nine million dollars it would be something. But what he's doing he's is that he's preventing holland from getting another average defenseman
4: well he's not he's not preventing holland from anything because they gave him the contract so you can't look at his contract and say he's got to play better because he makes this money you can say he's got to play better because he's capable of playing better but you can't look at his contract and the Oilers gave him the contract that's so he's not preventing anybody this is what they felt that he was worth and they gave him that contract um, they weren't going to sit him down for a few shifts. They stopped playing Broberg. So if they sit, sat both Broberg and Nurse, they would have been down to just Kulak on the left side. Broberg, Broberg only played eight minutes tonight. Darnell had a bad, he had a bad night. He did. But uh, he's he is their best defenseman. And uh, to me, he needs to simplify. I think he forces things. I think he tries to make plays when they're not there. And to me, just is a coaching staff say, all right, let's simplify. Let's make it easy. If you've got time and space, make a play. But if you're under pressure, under siege, here's where we want you to move the puck. And it's not, the Oilers didn't lose this game because of Darnell Nurse. There were a lot of mistakes made in this hockey game. There's a lot of other players that had off nights. Um, Their top line, all of them, were minus two in this hockey game. So I know that the big, the big mistakes we saw were on Darnell Nurse, and he has to be better. He certainly he plays 29 minutes tonight. He's got to be better,
3: right? And I agree with you. He, he's capable of playing better regardless of his salary. Yes, one hundred percent. But look,
4: that that's going to draw more criticism, whether it's fair or not. Oh, it's going to draw criticism. But you can't if you can't make someone isn't better because they make more money. They are who they're they perceived are perceived as better. They're, oh yes, like, but I oh, yeah. But I'm just not. I'm saying they're not better. You can perceive anything you want. But they're not better because you make more money if that was the case well then they should go give devon shore 10 million a year then he'll be a better hockey player i mean that you, you're not better because you make more money so they need darnell to be better because he is capable of being better that's why they need him to be better and because the oilers are a better hockey club when darnell nurse is playing up to his capabilities today he wasn't close
3: all right, let's check the scoreboard for Advantage Trailer Rentals, your one stop source for commercial trailer rentals. Visit AdvantageTrailerRentals.com. It was the Ducks who are here on Saturday beating the Canadians 5 2. Lightning knock off the Blue Jackets 4 1. Stars beat the Capitals 2 1. Ovechkin did not score. Kings beat the Bruins 3 2 in a shootout. Flyers up and the Devils 2 1. Penguins win in Florida 4-2. Hurricanes win at home 3-2 over the Tentacles. Rangers 3. Leafs 1. Jets in overtime 2-1 against the Predators. Golden Knights 4. Chicago 1. Sabres win 4-2 on the road against Colorado. And of course right here in Edmonton Blues 4. Oilers 3 in a shootout. We also have Frank calling in tonight. Hi Frank, go ahead.
8: Hey guys, good discussion tonight. I'm going to make a comment about the game. I wasn't I mean, mistakes are made by everyone. It's, it's a game of mistakes. The way that you react when something happens bad to the team, I think is, is what was the most disappointing. The Oilers got scored on, but they still had a power play, and they couldn't take advantage of it. But I want to get philosophical with you guys, uh, simply because of all the video reviews and this and that and the other thing. Are we ever going to see in professional sports of all kinds whether it be basketball football hockey or soccer you know the soccer finals on sunday and we're they're going to show us that var room with 77 tvs and 47 guys looking at them and they're still going to blow the call but the question i have is are we going to see the, the time in professional sports when all the calls are made by that eye in the sky no and those guys we call officials on the ice are simply going to drop the
4: puck no. or hand on the ball no, i totally don't think, I, I, do I don't think, think so either. Happen. i mean baseball got a little bit closer they had a robotic and eye. then they went backwards they decided not to because they did it in the minors don't they where they were using a computer was making all the calls and then
3: yeah, they had an electronic eye. That was a few seasons ago. Yeah, I can't so. remember. If, I, don't, I don't know if that league is still doing that. But I, I, I don't think it would ever happen in a game like... You could do it with the strike zone.
4: I, you I, don't, cool. I don't think if basketball, anything, you hockey, could. or football will ever have it. In a sport that moves. Yeah. no, I agree. And actually, I'd, I'd have less video review than more, and I'd live with human mistakes. That's what I would do. I think there's just... The fact that you stop to see something that's a millimeter or half an inch offside... To me that's dumb. It has nothing to do with the play, so I'd have less video than more.
3: All right, we got ploof on the line as well. Hi Ploof, go ahead. Hey, boys, uh, long-time
6: listener, second-time caller, Brownie (laughs) Camp alumni. Love your three-on-three camp. Big fan. Thanks, Thanks, uh, bud. Just a a couple things I wanted to touch on. So, firstly, um, I think it's a little disingenuous to say that the team blew it today. I know Rob was saying, you know, there's a lot of mistakes, a lot of moments in the game, minus two from the top line. That's true, but, you know, both teams are going to make mistakes. It's impossible to play a clean game, 100% crisp. Um, I just think you can't have your top defenseman make that many mistakes, and especially one of that magnitude at that point in the game. So I think he's got to shoulder majority of the blame. And the second point I wanted to make was you guys said there's no chance to get scratched or you see them in the press box. If we take away the name, the number, and the salary cap number attached to him, and it's just a random player, blank face, making these many mistakes game after game, are we still saying that there's no chance this player could be sat down? Or is it just yeah. because of the money he's making that he's not getting sat down?
4: I, I still i mean he's a guy that plays 29 minutes a night and he does make mistakes he's still better than the other two defensemen on the left side so th- they wouldn't be sitting him out no i don't care who if you take away his name or if you you invited some coach in from europe that's never seen the edmonton oilers play and said okay which guys here are we going to put in our lineup he, he would not sit him out because he's still even with these mistakes better than the other players. That's why the coaching staff plays them 28, 29 minutes a night. As for shouldering the blame, he did shoulder the blame. Yeah, he time. did. I mean, he, Woodcroft was, defle- didn't and, want to put it on the As a guy. coaching staff, you're supposed to deflect. But he, he, def- he said, it's my fault. He said, he's got to be better. He should never have made that play. So he 100% took the blame for it. I just said there was a lot of other... I mean, Connor McDavid still had the puck on his stick behind the net after this all happened. And Kairou came and knocked him off the puck, took it, and passed it out to Tarasenko we haven't talked about that. So there was other mistakes that were made. Darnell Nurse was the one that created the domino effect that eventually happened and tied the game up for the St. Louis Blues. Yeah,
3: well, I mean, a direct turnover is always going to get criticized more than a player getting checked, I think. Well,
4: I mean, if you have the puck on your stick and you're the best player in the world, it shouldn't three seconds later be in front of the net on Tarasenko sticking the back of the net so i'm just saying mistakes happen it happens to the best in the world um but again darnell had a tough night uh yeah
3: true yeah I just watching again yeah mcdavid got pushed off the puck and then tarasenko rips it in yeah yeah
4: and there's no one in front of the net with tarasenko so this is a i mean you're one goal up there, that's the, the most proven goal scorer that St. Louis Blues probably have ever had other than Brett Hall. He's standing by himself. And the guy that turned it over, Nurse comes come flying in. He's trying to get in there. At that point, it's too late. But the Oilers needed other players in front of the net at that moment. You're nursing a one-goal lead with under 20 seconds to go.
3: Well, I mean, they botched that whole sequence. Oh, they certainly did. Uh, yeah, I mean. No, and I will say this. The Oilers won the draw, and two Blues players just charged at Nurse. Well, they had to. Right. But sometimes teams will try to be like, okay, we'll, we'll play the box for a few seconds. or oh, wait a minute. The, the, the Blues, to me, the Blues had a better plan in that situation than the Oilers did. 100%. Now, if
4: you're... Because if you're, they just said, we're going to sell out. We'll double, we'll still double team. Yeah, but we'll, think about it, though. If the St. Louis Blues right now, if there's any players on the ice that you're going to attack, you're not going to... I mean, attacking Connor or Leon... They're going to make a play and get it past. Well, they're going to attack Nurse and Cece. Exactly. 100% they are. And that's the right play. And you're, I mean, you might get burned, but all right, we got burned. But this is what we have to do. You're right. But this is, again, we go back to, and you asked me about this after the game. This is something that I've, I I was on a power play my entire career, all the way through. I've never been on a team that's practiced what to do when you have a power play and the team's trying to pull their goalie with a one-goal lead. I've never practiced that, and it's probably something that you should. Well, I remember when
3: McClellan was the coach, I think it was 16-17, they had a power play with a one-goal lead, I think it was Winnipeg, and I can't remember who it was. Somebody took a shot from the off wing, and it it, it wrapped around, and the Jets went after it. I don't think they, they did it, They didn't tie the game, but they got the puck, mm-hmm. and I remember asking McClellan the next day, I said, did you, did you consider not shooting? And he goes, well, we're going to have to, talk about that now because the
4: jets were just playing a normal box
3: yep well so the Oilers just gonna be like, okay we'll
4: just pass it around the outside. well i don't know if the, the biggest one i ever saw was the chicago blackhawks were playing against the nashville predators in the playoffs and nashville was in chicago and if they win the game they go up 2-1 in the series same scenario the chicago blackhawks get a power or excuse me the nashville predators get a power play late in the game and they're winning by a goal and they were just doing that passing it around the outside and keep playing keep away and then martin erat decided he was going to try to score he shot on net got deflected and the blackhawks got control of the puck and i'm thinking keep control of the puck even skate back all the way to your own zone like if if cody cc would have taken the puck and passed it all the way back when he fumbled it pass it back to skinner you're still in control of the puck and you're wasting all that time as they chase it down but if you don't talk about these things cody cc hasn't been on the power play here so you don't talk but you don't know where to go with it now you're actually you're in a bit of a panic because okay i just bumbled the puck where do i go with it because i've never practiced this before so yeah i think the teams should practice it just like the st louis blues i've never been on a team where you had a practice where said okay we're short-handed but we need to score how do we do it so these are things that probably should be practiced because you never know, maybe this game here is game five of the second round of the playoffs. Yeah. And
3: that's where... Because if CeCe just would have hammered the puck back in, because didn't Nugent Hopkins come over and get it? And then it still rolled back to the back back end? Still rolled back because yeah, they attacked. They ad-
4: St. Louis was in complete attack mode. Yes. They were just going to try to force somebody to make a mistake. And if you make two good passes, all of a sudden the Oilers probably have a 2 on 0 but at that point, St. Louis is saying, well, we're already losing. We need a goal. And then they just got it into a position where they, they forced the Oilers into a mistake. And the mistake turned out into a goal in the back of the net. Because, again, they had to get their goalie out. Like, they only had four guys on. Yep. When all this was going on, they had to get their goalie out. And then, wasn't, now, I, because so much happened, didn't they, have, wasn't there an icing? were because the goalie was coming out of the net and he went back as Connor McDavid. Well, oh, the Oilers was, iced it. At yeah, one the Oilers point, iced yes. it because
3: they were they were mad. I can't remember if that was even before or after the penalty, though. That might have been the oh, play. That might have before that been the play before the? That, penalty, you're right. The that line, was. I think that, that it was. was. Yeah, that too. All right, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We'll get Charles onto the show here as well. Hi, Charles. Go ahead.
6: Good evening, gentlemen. Um, the only comment that I'd really like to make is that I agree with Jay Mac- McLeod. The team. They, they failed as a team. They've made a lot of mistakes, especially if you think I look at the third period. They made mistakes. They cost up two goals. The Blues tied it. And now we're looking at a chance to – the fans need a scapegoat. And I agree, Darnell made a mistake, but now fans are angry and you got to blame somebody. That's just my point right now.
4: Yeah, good point. I mean, it's easy to blame him because he was the guy that started the, 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 the firecracker in their own zone. But again, there were other mistakes, and I and to me, the whole game started switch, uh, switching to St. Louis's favour when they scored the 3-2 goal. All of a sudden, they were back in a game that they shouldn't be in, and that was one where Thomas, uh, one of the best players of St. Louis Blues, was by himself in the slide. That can't happen. And it did, and he made a great shot, beat Skinner, and that gave them belief. Now, at the end, it just... All kinds of weird things happen, but this game was a three-one game with nine minutes to go, and the Edmonton Oilers gave the opposition yep. team a great opportunity.
3: Yeah, I mean, well, they've now lost two games where they've had a three-one lead at home in the third period. Now they also had dramatic comebacks against yep. the Rangers and the Panthers, so so maybe that all evens out in the end. But yeah,
4: well, we'll go right back to what we said: five games, ten games, fifteen, twenty games, and every Edmonton Oilers game is exciting. They have the ability to outscore their mistakes yet they also have the ability to make the big mistake. Okay, Oilers
3: fall 4-3 in a shootout to the St. Louis Blues. Tyson Berry had three assists. You will hear from him next on Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line.
1: Live Oilers hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reid Wilkins on Oilers Radio,
3: 630 Chad. All right, Oilers lose 4-3 to the Blues in a shootout. They're 17-13-1. and Tyson Berry had three assists. Here he is.
0: Winning, I guess, to, to let that one slide away the, the way you guys did. Tyson, what did you see? Like, what, what changed there, you think?
10: I don't know if anything changed. I think... You know, we were having a you know fairly solid third period, and it's just one of those things where, you know, I think uh, cause I, I know nurse taking it hard on himself, but he tries to make the right play to go to Leon, who would have had a shot at the empty net, and it hits the guy's shaft, I think, or whatever, and then it's kind of bouncing around, and um, yeah, I, I mean it's it's disappointing because the game's right there, but uh, yeah, you move on. It's a game of mistakes, that's why people come and watch, and. Um, We've got to obviously we've got to learn how to how to close those ones out, but I think uh, it's a, a bit of a one off there. The offside roll, I mean. Yeah, it just it, you know maybe you got to see it a bit, but Carr, that was a big conversation last year. Yeah. Similar to that, anyways. Yeah, I haven't I haven't seen the replay, but obviously, I mean, you're talking about Connor McDavid. If he feels like he's got control of the puck, you can he can pretty much guarantee he's got control of the puck. He's uh, Yeah, again, I'd have to see it before I go and say anything, but um, he obviously feels pretty passionate about he had it, and I'm inclined to to believe him.
0: Kicked in pucks,
8: uh, offside rule, goal interference. Connor just said, we're not sure. It's our
0: own game. We don't really know what these things are. What do you think about
10: that? Yeah, it's interesting. I think any time you go to review and, you know, we're sitting looking at it on the bench and, you know, we don't even know which way it's going to go. So I don't know how they... You're right. You see a lot of calls that, you know, one night get called back, or or and then the next night they they're allowed. So it's, you know, you want to be fair. It's a, it's a fast game. Things are happening quick. And um, but yeah, I think there's got to be a little more clarity. We'll stick with the the situation tonight. You know, we won't blanket at all. But if, you know, if Connor McDavid has control of the puck coming over the blue line, he's got control of the puck. You know, it's he's you know, he's he's not fumbling it. He's not. So I, I think I'll uh, we'll have to go look at it, but I mean, it's, it's behind us. It's, uh, we got a point, obviously disappointing, but we'll, we'll move on. When a player
0: like Darnell Nurse has a rough night and you know, a couple of goals don't go his way. He's uh, a leader, he's assistant captain, he leads you in minutes. What's the dynamic inside the room? What's it like when he comes in, beats himself up like
10: that? Yeah, I mean, such a plays such an important role in this team, and he's he's every night. He's playing big minutes against the hard, you know best players in the world, and um, he's a, a leader physically and. Um, yeah, there's. I mean, it's, it's hockey. You're gonna play. He's gonna play over a thousand games. He's gonna have a couple ones he he would like back, but I've had a million of those myself. So it's just uh, it's part of the game, and and you move on. And that's. Uh, and I know Nursey's one of the mentally tougher guys I've ever met. So it'll be no problem for him. On a
7: late power play like that, where you have the lead and all you need to do is run out the clock, is a bit of diff- a bit of a different mindset,
9: where you're not really going for the throat. You're just trying to. You know, yeah, for
10: yeah. I, I think there's there's nothing there that you know. He, if you can ice the game you're up one you you can go up two and put it away you got to do it but um, like i said earlier i think well, I, i'd have to watch it again but i think it hit the guy's shaft in the middle and dropped and um and then there was a couple other things that went wrong after that so um you definitely yeah i mean there's no brainer you want to you're up one with on a power play you definitely want to d- defend your net but um happens <laughs> <laughs> thank you
3: all right i think he said stuff happens That's Tyson Berry, three assists, but the Oilers blow it in the last eight minutes and lose 4-3 in a shootout to the St. Louis Blues. So, next game broadcast on 630 Chet, presented by Friesen Brothers, is Saturday afternoon. 1230 for the faceoff show game at two against the anaheim ducks who did win in montreal tonight thanks to troy bowler our game day engineer here inside rogers place and to kellen kennedy our studio producer back at six thirty. 30 we've been live in studio 99 on behalf of rob brown i'm Reid wilkins thanks for listening to heartland ford overtime open line